you know, while we were doing communion, I was thinking about this thought that Jesus defeated death on the cross. But why did Jesus wait for the last moment? Meaning, he could have defeated the death on the first go, right? When he was being charged with treason, he could have defeated death. He could have been like Superman. Or he could have defeated you know, all the people who came to him. In fact, the Bible says when the soldiers came to capture him and they asked him, are you Jesus? He said, I am. And some of them fell off just by the power of his words. He could have defeated death the very moment death began to touch him. But he waited till every life from his body faded off. And from basically from nothing, from nothing, he came back. And I wonder why, why did he do that? Do you know that nobody killed Jesus? Did you know that? Nobody killed Jesus. How do I know that? Because nobody can kill Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 10. I'll show you something. John chapter 10. Verse 18. John chapter 10 verse 18. Okay, let's read from verse 17 for context. For this reason, the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Jesus laid down his life so that he could take it up Again, verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. No one can kill Jesus. In fact, nobody killed Jesus. Jesus gave his life in his own will, in his own accord. It's not the Romans who killed Jesus. It's not the Jews who killed Jesus. It's not the cross that killed Jesus. It is Jesus who gave his life in his own strength. He gave his life. In his own will. He made an intentional choice. If he had wanted. Right there on the cross. He could have just got up and. He could have redeemed himself. But he didn't. He was doing it. For you and me. The death that you and me had to go through. He went through. He took every bit of it. See there are three words. In the Greek for life. The first one is bios, which is biology, the biological life. The second one is suke, which is the psychological life. The third one is zoe, which is a spiritual kind of life, the God kind of life. When Jesus says, I lay down my life, I may take it up again. He's saying, I lay down my suke. I lay down my psychological life, meaning... When death touched Jesus, death came and corrupted his bios, his physical life, consumed his physical life. And then death moved on into his suke, psychological life. It consumed it. But death can never consume the Zoe life. The maximum death can do is consume your physical and your psychological life, but it cannot consume the Zoe life. Because the Zoe life is the life that God has. Death cannot consume the life that God has. And that life that God has is 
is what brought back Jesus into life from being dead. What does that tell you? That the maximum that the enemy can do in your life, the maximum, the worst, is probably take away your physical life. Is probably consume your psychological life. But he can never, ever come and take away the Zoe life that you have in God. And the thing is, if you have the Zoe life, you can restore all of it back. And that is the gospel. If you have the Zoe life, even if your psychological life is gone, your mental health is gone, it has been tossed to and fro. If you have the Zoe life, you can get it back. You can restore it. And Jesus is the proof. He got it back. I don't know if you've done this little experiment. I've done this with my folks. But if you take your finger and you put it in an electrical socket and switch it on, you're going to get electrocuted. If you don't believe me, try it out. Just don't do it here. I don't want to take responsibility. Anybody, regardless of your age, regardless of your caste, creed, community, background, your bank balance, if you put your finger in the electrical socket, and if there is power, you're going to get electrocuted. Regardless of who you are, similarly, regardless of who you are, if you are plugged into the Zoe life of God, what God has starts flowing into you. It will flow into you. So Jesus is showing an example. I let death have every inch of my body, every inch of my soul, every inch of my mind, every inch of my emotions. But death cannot take away the Zoe life that you have in God. Yes. Cannot take away the Zoe life. What is the Zoe life? The Zoe life is the relational life that you have with God. When you get married, you have a relational life with your spouse, right? It's a relational life. Now you're no longer an individual. You have become one. For single people, it's mind-boggling. You'll get it once you get married. You, in fact, die. The marriage, why we celebrate marriage is because you've been crucified. Yeah, we're celebrating that because it is after the crucifixion that the resurrection happens. You become a new man. Where was I? I forgot. Zoe life. So Zoe life is the life that God has. And when you get in relationship with this God, that same life that God has starts flowing into you. Same life. Same life. See, when Jesus was on the cross, at a point, death caught so much of him, consumed so much of him, that one point, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, who in his entire lifetime on the earth, never called God, God. He always called God, Father. Think about this. Jesus always called God Father. In fact, this is what he taught his disciples how to pray. Call him Father who is in heaven. He never said use the Old Testament names. Although the Old Testament names are good. Nothing wrong with them. But the name Father for God is a higher revelation than all the Old Testament names combined. For example, 
What does Yahweh Ire mean? Yahweh Ire means the Lord who provides, the Lord who sees. Yahweh Nisi means the Lord who gives us victory. Yahweh Shalom means the Lord who gives us peace. But do you know every Old Testament name reveals a unique revelation of God? But Jesus gave you one name that is the collective revelation of everything that is in the Old Testament and that is Father. You call him Father, Yahweh Ire gets activated. You call him Father, peace gets activated. You call him Father, victory gets activated. All you need is the revelation that he is the Father. Now Jesus who had the revelation that he is not just God, he is my Father. On the cross he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you wondered why? Did God forsake him? Can God forsake Jesus right at the time when Jesus needs him? Let me show you something. Psalms chapter 22. Because I was taught. I was taught. I'm not talking about anybody. I was taught. And I thought that God forsook Jesus because Jesus became sin. Now, Psalms 22 is a prophetic psalm written by David thousands of years ago. Okay? Read verse 1. Psalms 22 verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wow! David is prophetically writing about what Jesus is going through on the cross. That's why this is known as a messianic psalm. It is about the Messiah. Here's something. Do you know the song? Our God is greater. Our God is... You know the song? Do you know how it begins? Water you turn into wine. Okay. So if I was sitting somewhere, or you, you were traveling somewhere, and you heard the song, you immediately know whose song is that, who sang it. You immediately know the artist. Is that right? Just like that, for a Jewish audience... When they hear a part of the psalm, they exactly know which psalm is the person referring to. So when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His Jewish audience exactly knew what Jesus is referring to, which is Psalms 22. Are you with me? Let's read Psalms 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Now, let's jump, jump, jump. Verse 16. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count on my bones. They stare and gloat over me. Verse 18. Look at this. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. This is exactly what Jesus went through, right? He was pierced. His garments were divided. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. Hey, this is what I feel right now. I am feeling. I am feeling that God is far away. Even though God is not far away, this is what I feel. Why? Because sin gives you an illusion that God is far away. Sin gives you, gives you the deception that God is away. He does not care about you. You need to sort your life. Then you can come to him. 
in the garden when adam and eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil who ran away from god did god run away from them saying oh you are a sinner i can't deal with you get your life sorted and then come to me god came to them but who ran away adam and eve why because sin polluted their perception of who god is sin polluted their perception that god is good they couldn't believe that god is good so what did they do they hid themselves and they wrapped themselves in fig leaves i don't know how you do that fig leaves they could have thought of something else try banana fig leaves and here god comes to them and he's still reaching out to them but they cannot believe that they can approach him they are so scared why are they scared because the sin in them gives them the illusion that god is angry god is far away god will not accept you as you are god hates you get your life sorted and all all across humanity's lifetime and even in our time we are trying to earn god's favor because the sin in us tells us that god is far away He does not care about you. When was the last time you prayed? Did you read five books of the Bible? Why will God be concerned about you? Sin gives you a wrong perspective about the Father. It's like, have you ever worn sunglasses? If they are black, whatever you see, the object you will see through the lens of those sunglasses, right? So even if the color is red you will see a black contrast of the red just like that no matter what you see no matter what the object is the lens through which you see matters if the lens is the lens of sin when you see god you will think that god is upset at you god does not want to have a relationship with you and god does not care about you I'm saying this is not just about the Old Testament people or the people who are in the Bible this happens to us every day. When was the last time you were confident that no matter what you did God still cares for you? You know that God is good, but do you believe that God is good to you? We can all say God is good all the time, but do you believe that God is good to you psalms 27 verse 1 the psalmist says david said the lord is my light he did not just say the lord is light theologically it's right the lord is light the lord is salvation but he said the lord is my light the lord is my salvation he's making it personal he's making it personal theology will do you no good unless it comes as a personal revelation to you that god is good to you god is good for you god is good on your behalf so what does sin do sin corrupts our mindset about god every time people look at sin people look at god through the lens of sin they are afraid that's why the israelites who were just getting out of egypt when they encountered god in the mountain they were so scared they were so scared but god came to embrace his people God came to tell them that I love them I care for you see I delivered you out of Egypt but everything that the Lord said they could hear only thunder and lightning why because they are hearing and seeing from the lens of sin that's why when Moses said God I want to see you God said you can't see me unless this lens does not change you cannot see me 
because if you see me in the fullness you will not be able to see the glory of my goodness it will burn you out because that sin is so dark it gives you such a dark perception that when you see the holiness of my goodness that i am so good it will burn you completely so you can't see me so i'll protect you but you know the good news is what moses could not see you and me can see because jesus has changed the lens of sin for, for from us he has changed the lens from our lives second corinthians 3:18 says but we with all unveiled faces we can see god that privilege moses did not have we don't have to put a veil over our face to see god we can see him face to face and not get burned because what jesus has gone through what does sin do sin corrupts our perspective of who god is corrupts the perspective that god is good and sin will always tell you you haven't done enough you need to get it right you need to do this you need to do that only then god is going to hear you but what jesus did he took upon that lens upon himself it's like he exchanged our glasses for his glasses he took the sin upon himself and he gave his perspective his righteous lens to us so that now when we see god we're like wow what a loving father That's why Jesus says in John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to heaven without me. Is that what he said? He said no one comes to the father except through me. It is only through Jesus that you see the father is good, loving and he cares for you. He cares for you. He he is passionately in love with you. He'll pursue you till the very end. He cares for you. But only in Jesus can you see that. So Jesus took that lens upon himself and he says my god my god why have you forsaken me because for the first time in his life psychologically he feels that god is away even though god is not away psychologically he feels god is away so he says my god my god why have you forsaken me let's read that verse proverbs chapter 22 verse 21 deliver my soul from the sword my precious life from the power of the dog save me from the mouth of the lion you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen now verse 24 jump for god for he he is god for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted this is jesus he's saying god i know that even though psychologically i feel separated psychologically i feel that you're so far away i know god that you have not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted and i know that you have not hidden his face from him but has heard when he cried to me that means jesus knows that even though psychologically he feels so separated he knows that even at this very moment god is very close to him he can't feel it it's not like before but he believes believes faith is a decision that you make in the goodness of god you don't believe in the goodness of god just because you received that promotion that anybody can do you don't believe in the goodness of god just because god healed you you believe in the goodness of god because that's who he is i make a decision to believe that god is good psychologically i feel that he is far away 
everything in my body tells me it aches my my body is paining my body is sick everything in my very being tells me that god is far away but i choose to believe that he is good and i choose to believe that when i cried he heard my voice look at this verse 24 for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted and he has not hidden his face from him but has heard when he cried to him my friends i want to submit to you god the father did not reject jesus when he was on the cross in his lowest state the father did not despise him what makes you think that the father will despise you when he did not despise jesus in his lowest state if jesus took all the sins of the entire cosmos the past present and the future sins everything that the world had to give he took all upon himself and if the father did not despise him what makes you think that jesus that god the father your father your heavenly father will leave you he does not hide his face from you you have to choose to believe say with me i choose to believe i choose to believe in the goodness of god regardless of what i feel regardless of what i see i choose to believe i choose to believe amen see what happens he says my god my god why have you forsaken me and then he chose to believe in the goodness of god that's why he says father i submit my life to you see he overcame sin by his faith he overcame sin by his faith by putting his faith in the goodness of god that even though i feel separated i choose to believe that god is good and he overcame faith he overcame sin by his faith do you know that you are not saved by your faith you are saved by the faith of jesus that he had that even in his lowest moment even in his even in his most vulnerable moment he chose to believe that god is good come on you're not saved by your faith you are saved by the faith of jesus isn't that good saved by the faith of jesus you know I can't believe in God. I struggle to believe in God, but I know I know that I'm saved by the faith of Jesus. That even when I am weak, when I can't do it, when I can't believe enough, Jesus believes on my behalf. Amen. So he let death consume him physically, psychologically, let death have field day over his life. Because he knows that nothing can snatch away his zoe life that he has with the father the reason why i'm telling you this is i want you to be completely bold and face death have no fear of death because even if death has a field day over your body and your psychological mind death cannot take away the zoe life that you have and that is all that matters because if you have the zoe life you can restore all of it back yeah. jesus restored all of it back on the third day he restored all of it back so don't worry if you're going through sickness if you're going through a struggle in life can you believe 
that the same power that Jesus has, you have that same power. The same Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, gives life to your mortal body, gives life, supplies life to your mortal body. It does not say it supplies life to your spiritual body. It says supplies life to your mortal body. So the very fact that you just walked into the room, the energy that you have it has been supplied by the Holy Spirit who is the power of resurrection which is within you. Amen. Come on, let me begin the sermon. Uh, Psalms 27. Are you blessed? Are you blessed to know that you are saved by the faith of Jesus? You're saved by the faith of Jesus. Amen. The faith that he had when everything seemed lost, he believed in the goodness of God. Amen. That same faith is activated within you. Amen. Okay. I want to show from Psalms 27 because this is a passage that David wrote when when he was going through an immense turmoil in his life. David was a young shepherd when he was anointed by a prophet. And the prophecy was that he will become the next king. Everything was good because he was doing good as a shepherd boy. He was anointed as a king. Prophetic word, it seems everything seems good. And then one, what happened is there was this giant Goliath who was threatening the nation of Israel. And David defeats this giant. And immediately, he comes into spotlight. Everybody over the nation of Israel knows who David is. They have recognized him. Everything seems good for David. In fact, the king of that time, King Saul, he adopts him as his son. He keeps him close. He loves him. He, you know, he cares for him, gives him new clothes, gives him position, makes him the commander of the army. Everything is doing great, is going great for David. But then finally what happens is Saul gets jealous. When he learns that people love David more than they love him, he becomes jealous. So he begins to kill David. He begins to accuse him of treason and begins to kill David. The same guy who got a prophetic word, is running in caves. The same guy who got a word that he is going to become a king is living a life like a criminal. He's, he's hiding in caves because he can't trust anybody. Because the king and his army is after his life. That is when he writes this. Psalms 27, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He did not write this psalm when everything was going well. He wrote this when things were really bad. Really bad. In fact, this psalm is like an internal conversation that David was having with himself. Because a part of him is lamenting. A part of him is scared. A part of him is complaining about what he is going through. But a part of him is confident in the Lord. So it's like an internal struggle that he's having. Can you relate with that? Can you relate with that internal struggle where part of you wants to believe in God, but the, there's a part of you that still wants to lament and complain? That's an internal struggle that he's having. But see how he ends. He ends this chapter, verse 13 and verse 14. I believe, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is what David says in NKJV. It says, I would have lost hope unless, unless I believed 
that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. David is telling himself, David is saying, David, 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 David. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away by your negative emotions. Don't get carried away by your circumstances right now. Declare, declare that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And he kept declaring, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, I have a testimony because in, in 20, 2020, no, 2019, in 2019, my dad had a stroke. It was, it was terrible. Everybody thought that we had lost him. The doctors lost hope. The medical reports were negative. But this is a verse that I got while I was sleeping. The Lord told me, I will see the goodness of God the land of the living. The land of the living is not heaven. The land of the living is right here and right now. So I kept declaring, I'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What should have taken a month took four days. Dad got discharged from the hospital in four days. Isn't that crazy? Because you choose to believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But this is what I want to tell you. How does how does David begin his psalm? The Lord is my light. You know, there's a beauty when you call Jesus the Lord of your life. You know what is the beauty when you call Jesus the Lord of your life? It takes the pressure off of you. Lord means somebody whom you have given complete right. You have written, you have signed the papers of the power of attorney of your life. And you have given to him and you say, Lord, you take complete control of my life. That's why he can be confident saying, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. And then he can end it by saying, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord. That I don't have to take the pressure on this. The enemies have surrounded me. I feel like death has encompassed around me. But I'll not take the pressure because the Lord the Lord. Do you know, you don't need majority. All you need is God. All you need is the hand of the Lord upon your life. You know, there are some things that you can believe for, you can pray for, you can contend for in faith, but then there are some things that only the hand of the Lord can do. Only the hand of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 20 says, the hand of the Lord has done this. The hand of the Lord has done this. When you submit your life to this Lord, oh man, he begins to operate. You know, you know what's the difference between a teacher and a Lord? A teacher can direct you, can give you instructions, and can tell you what you should do to pass. But the Lord can write the test for you, can write the test on your behalf. That's the beauty. I'm asking you, do you want Jesus to be your teacher or do you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Because Jesus can teach you faith. Jesus can teach you how to live by faith. Or you can be smart enough to say, I cannot do it. Jesus, I submit to your lordship. And you take over. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. And I feel like in this room, there are so many people who are struggling. Where you, have, where you, where you 
understand theology, you understand the concepts of faith and you understand all these things and you're trying to live by your own strength and you're getting frustrated because you're heading nowhere and I have a good news to tell you. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. Because when he takes over as the Lord of your life, then the pressure is off of you. He takes the pressure. That's what Jesus says, hey, if you are heavy laden, come to me. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. You're not meant to live a difficult life. You are not meant to live a life carrying the burden upon yourself. You are meant to give your burden to Jesus so that he can carry it for you. That, my friends, is humility. It takes humility to say, Jesus, I cannot do this. I give all of this into your hands and you carry it for me. Take the burden off. Take the burden off. What is the burden that you are carrying? Take it off. Give it to Jesus. Because when Jesus carries it, he will always give you victory. The hand of the Lord has done this. Amen. Amen. Can I invite you today? Can I invite you today to see the goodness of God? To see the goodness of God in spite of what you're going through. To see the goodness of God. And to say, Lord Jesus, I submit to you again. You know, every day when I wake up and when I just declare with my mouth, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my house. Jesus, you're the Lord of my emotions. Jesus, you're the Lord of my body. Every time I declare that, I can sense something changing in the atmosphere. Something changes in the atmosphere. Your emotion, your psych psychologically, you might feel that God is far away. But can I tell you, your emotions will always follow the words of your mouth. If by your words you can confess that Jesus is Lord, you will also believe that he is Lord. That's why Romans 10, 9, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Did you notice that confession precedes believing? Confession precedes believing. So if you're struggling in believing, that's fine. Can you confess that Jesus is Lord? Because when you confess that Jesus is Lord, the same faith that Jesus had on the cross starts getting activated into you. What's the faith? That Jesus has been raised from the dead. What is coming against you? It cannot be greater than death. If Jesus has the power to defeat death, that same power will start working in your life. All it requires is for you to confess with your mouth. Not say it in your head confess with your mouth. Not just agreementally. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Can you all just rise up for a moment and just declare this over your life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Come on, in your own words, in your own words, I want you to say this because he is your Lord. So in your own words, just say this. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Ha, ah, what a privilege. What a privilege that I don't have to take the pressure of my life. What a privilege that I can give it to you. I can surrender to you. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. In your own words.
Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Lord of my body. You are the Lord of my emotions. You are the Lord of my house. You are the Lord of my finances. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on. Yes, 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 yes. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Come on. I sing praises. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises. I sing praises. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, come and have your way. Jesus, come and have your way. 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 Jesus, move in our midst. Move in our midst, the Lord. We give you Jesus. We give you surrender. We give you surrender. We give you we give you everything that we have, O Lord. We surrender to you, O Lord. We surrender to you, O Lord. We surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you, O Lord. Jesus, take over. Take over, O Lord. Lord, we surrender everything that we have into your hands. We surrender everything that we have into your hands, O Lord. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Come and have your way. Come and have your way. Every cell in our body declares that Jesus is Lord. Every emotion in my heart declares that Jesus is Lord. Every thought in my mind declares that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, 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 you are the Lord. You are the Lord. There is none like you. There is none like you, Jesus. You are set apart. You are set apart. Set apart, set apart, set apart. Far above every power, every principality, far above every enemy that I face, you are set apart. And thank you, Jesus, that I am seated with you. I am seated with you. I am with you, O Lord Jesus. Your name, your name, we lift you up, Jesus, we lift you up, we lift you up. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all power. And positions, your name stands above them all. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all power and positions, your name stands above them all, and the angels cry, holy, all creations cry, holy, Sing, oh, holy to the King of Kings. Oh, holy, you will always be. Oh, holy, holy forever. above them all yes Jesus all thrones and dominions all power and positions your name stands above them all your name your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name above them all, all thrones and dominions, all power and positions, your name stands above them all, yes Jesus, your name 
is a high as your name is a great as your name stands above them all come on just lift up his name oh all thrones and dominions all power and possessions your name stands above them all and the angels cry oh, holy all creations cry oh, holy you are lifted high oh, holy holy forever in your peace King of kings, holy, you will always be, holy, holy forever, you will always be, holy, holy forever yes Jesus you will always be holy holy forever yes, Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Yes, Father, you are holy, you are holy. Come on, just lift up your voices and praise Him. He's holy, He's worthy. Lord, you are worthy. Come on, just declare that Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my family. You are the Lord of my generations to come, O oh God. You are the Lord above my children. You are the Lord above every aspect of my life. You are the Lord of my health in Jesus' name. You are the Lord above my finances, Lord. You are the Lord above my work and business, O oh God, Father. You are the Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. I want to invite anyone who's here who want to invite Jesus in your heart. You have heard the word. If you call unto his name, he will answer you. If you are, if you are anyone who wants to, just surrender your life to Jesus. If you are the one who says that, Lord, I want to invite you in my life. You can raise your hand. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Come on, let's just pray. You can pray after me. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you, Father, for this wonderful moment. Lord, I come to your glorious presence, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe that Jesus, you died for me. You gave your life for me, Lord God. 
Yes, oh Father, for my sins, for my uh, iniquities. Yes, Father. I believe it in my heart, Lord Father. Yes, oh Lord Father, and I give my life to you, Lord Father. I invite you in my life, oh God. Jesus, I invite you in my heart today. Come and change and transform my life. Be the Lord of my life today. I completely surrender myself at your feet, Lord. Jesus, your blood has washed, clean, washed me clean, Lord. Your blood has washed me clean. I am made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Yes, O oh Father. I believe it, Lord. I believe it. And I declare with my mouth, O oh Lord, that you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my life. Yes, O oh Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.